Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Melt Hammer podcast. It's episode 152. I am Merlin from Melt Hammer magazine, and joining me today is the one and only Eleanor Goodman, also of Melt Hammer magazine. Hello, Elle. Hello, Mel. <laughs> also joining us is the one and only Mr. Stephen Hill, Mel Hammer contributor, podcast extraordinaire, and all around lovely man. How are you doing, Steve? All right, mate. How are you? How are you both? Good. Yeah, good. Happy to be here. Um, this podcast is going to mark the start of a slightly different feel to the Mel Hammer podcast moving forwards, uh, rather than kind of sticking to the same rigid formula uh, and kind of cramming as much stuff in as we can to each episode and maybe not spending quite as much time as we'd like to spend doing each part of that. Uh, we're going to dedicate each podcast for the most part to one topic, one thing that we want to talk about, one thing that we want to go out in depth. Uh, and this week, that thing is none other than the imminent ninth album from the one and only Architects, For Those That Wish To Exist, coming out this Friday, February 26th, through Epitaph Records. Uh, it's a big album in their progression and their career. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that before we get stuck into the record itself. Um, and yeah, this is, this is an interesting album for Architects, isn't it? Because obviously the last album was the first thing they released. Uh, Holy Hell at the end of 2018 was the first album they released since the passing of Tom Searle. Um, and so that had a, a lot of emotional weight hanging over it, obviously. Uh, and a lot of people didn't know what to expect from that record. Now we know that this is, in many ways, the start of a whole new chapter for Architects. And, it, and it's fascinating to, to see where it will take them. Um, what do you think this album kind of means in, in Architects' journey and their progression, Steve, in terms of where they currently sit and what this album could do for them from here? Um, well, the, I think the first thing it's worth saying is that Holy Hell, I, I think, you know, that you mentioned the circumstances surrounding Holy Hell and I think Architects did the best album they could possibly do in incredibly trying circumstances with that record. I think Holy Hell is a good record. You know what I mean? I think, you know, they just come off the back of three really really great records that it got progressively better and i think on reflection holy hell particularly in comparison with all our gods of the band dust which i think is the best thing they'd ever done um i don't think it was quite of the same quality of that but still a good record but then i think it's kind of understandable like i say with the circumstances that the album was made in um but what's quite interesting and i think we should point out straight away is the aftermath of Holy Hell, um, the amount of bands. I think you can always tell how in influential or how important an album is by the amount of people that copy it in the aftermath and the amount of bands who have just wholesale ripped off, particularly that Doomsday riff. You know, the look of Architects, the videos that were coming out in Metalcore, you know, the bands like Wage War being, you know, I think the, <laughs> the one that people looked at the most and were like, come on really like you're literally just doing architects um so you know it's always interesting i think when a band have done something which has resonated with people so much that all of their all of the kind of b and c list bands following off the back of them decide to do exactly the same thing as they've just done um the very very best bands in that situation go well we're going to do something totally different to that and you're not going to be able to copy this and um, I think that's what Architects needed to do um, in order to keep that kind of upward momentum going, personally. I feel like there's probably more riding on this record 
maybe even than there was in Holy Hell, I think, personally. I think so too. I think that's a really fair point. Um, and, and I agree, the circumstances around Holy Hell made it almost impossible to kind of judge that album solely on its own musical merit because everything you, you couldn't even just kind of step into that in the same way it's impossible to look back at all our gods have abandoned us without rethinking what some of those lyrics were talking about and now it's taken on a whole new meaning it was impossible to step into holy hell for the first time without having this weight of expectation and emotional kind of pull at the heart of it and there's less of that around this which means that architects kind of have more of an open run at doing exactly what they want to do. And I'm not saying they weren't doing that on Holy Hell. They've always been a band that have blazed whatever trail they feel like they want to blaze at the time. But it just feels like they've got a real chance to kind of step up and, and decide what architects are going to be moving forward and what band they're going to be. Um, and the first thing I thought when I heard this album in full was, fuck me, I want to see this with an orchestra. Because <laughs> there is so much kind of extra ambience and epic scope and depth um, and just so much kind of orchestral uh, stuff going on under it that the entire uh, scope of Architect sound just instantly sounds that much bigger just from what they've done on this record. Yeah. Sorry, do you, uh, Eleanor, you look like you're going to say something. Right? Elle, Elle's being careful because she's got a lot of background noise, so she's kind of coming in on the uh, the mute and unmute situation. What are you yeah. saying, Elle? What are you saying? Yeah, I uh, agree with what you've said. Um, you know, they've said themselves that this album is the first time that they have written something completely fresh, you know, no kind of inputs, um, no sort of like leftover bits and pieces um, that Tom composed and Dan has been the songwriter for this record and he's now the main songwriter for Architects and it's such an Architects record there are so many riffs and there are so many lyrics where you're like oh this is classic Architects but it's taking them out into well I was going to say a bigger arena but yeah maybe literally a bigger arena it's just got these kind of massive electronic parts and huge hooks and big choruses that are really melodic and with Sam singing more as well it really feels like that next step album and that sort of moving up album that a lot of their contemporaries have had as well you know we had Partway Drive and Aya, Bring Me the Horizon when Jordan Fish came along and um, of course those bands of friends and Winston's actually on this record uh, it you know it really feels like they're part of this group that are kind of pushing um, I don't want to say the boundaries as such, but just kind of pushing the scope of their own sound and just becoming bigger and bigger with what they do and more and more ambitious. Yeah, it's a really good point in regards to um, uh, the comparisons with Parkway and Bring Me because they are perfect examples of bands. I mean, with Bring Me, I guess it felt like they were kind of from day dot just constantly evolving and moving forwards. But with Parkway especially, they got to that point where it's like, if you're a heavy band you really need to decide at some point when you've kind of got to a certain size and you're playing certain venues and you're kind of moving in a certain direction, you kind of need to decide how far you're going to take that and how much you can kind of expand your sound in the right ways without totally undermining what your bands are all about to start with. Um, and I think on this album, Architects have done that uh, and then some. Um, I mean, from the very opening moments of the uh, the intro track and then into Black Lungs, it just feels like, it, it still feels like Architects, but it feels like a different band. It feels like a band that have evolved and matured into something, uh, like I said, to start with just 
more epic, bigger, deeper, more layers. Um, and for a band that I've always had a lot going on, it really is saying something that this is probably the most layered and interesting album they've done. Uh, and uh, I mean, Black London has been out there for a while now, of course, but like straight away you hear that you feel that kind of swelling orchestral string section under it. And that's really a vibe that underpins a lot of this this album, I think. Um, wouldn't you say so, Steve? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's also worth pointing out that, you know, in, in relation to Dan writing, you know, the majority of the material on, on this record, you know, they've had to, if you take away the primary songwriter from a band you have to you have to almost relearn who you are as a band and i think it's like massively massively to architect's credit that they haven't just gone oh shit you know what would tom have done um they've they've gone you know what do architects represent today in like 2021 and they've decided to you know push themselves into lots of different directions i mean i think the cool thing about this record is i mean i have to be honest when i the first time i heard it and i think i've said this to you um personally mel was the first time i heard it i was a little bit like oh i'm not really sure i mean it felt kind of um obviously more melodic but i was a bit i was a bit kind of weirded out by it initially because it's got things that are quite you know standard bearing architects moments on it but because it was so melodic and because because you know parts of it were you know the pace of some of it maybe wasn't quite as frantic as art architects have been in the past um and because a, a lot of the kind of the layers and the depth take kind of three four five listens in the album before they really kind of sink their claws into you i think this album's a massive grower i've seen people online you know going oh it's not very good after like obviously after like one listen and it's like no this you you need to listen to this record a lot the more you listen to it the more you put in um i think the more you will get out of it because there are things that i mean i've just was just listening to it before we started today and there's still things that i'm rediscovering like i'm discovering or noticing about it that you know i've had this album since kind of late november i think um because i reviewed it for the magazine and obviously I had to be in before um before christmas and i i think you know the the amount of stuff and the kind of the depth that they've gone into it's it immediately sounds good <laughs> like it sounds lovely when you first hear it but i don't think you can necessarily evaluate you know what it, what is good about it until you've had like four or five listens and those things because it's not an i don't think it's, it's not an obvious record it's got like stuff that is very architecty but it's not it's not an it's not an obviously architect sounding record. There are parts in it where you might go, who you know who is that? And it's only Sam's voice, which is obviously incredibly recognisable, that makes you go, oh yeah, architects, yeah. Like yeah, I, lot of, I think there's a, there's a, there's enough surprises on this to keep you kind of, I guess, disorientated in the first couple of listens. Definitely, definitely, and it's funny some of the things that do. That, that have become so synonymous with architects that do kind of seek through on this record because they've really established and grown that kind of like slow methodical kind of chugging riff of theirs that they do and when they like when they first started doing a lot of that i remember thinking at the time it was quite gajiri but now when i hear it it sounds so much more like them because it's just that little bit more kind of uh, sewn into their style um uh and it 
little bits like that still sweep through, but there's still so much going on that just feels completely different to anything they've done before. And 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 also, kind of going into what you're saying about songs growing on you and everything else, it's really interesting that when you listen to this album for the first time, one thing that did stick out is that all the songs that had been released instantly sounded like like well-worn architects, trademark bangers, like. Mm. Animals sounds absolutely huge. And when they first released that song, I remember us talking about it and being like, well, this is an interesting one for them. Like, I like it. It's cool. It's kind of quite restrained and methodical. And it's quite a clever way of doing like a hit single in a way that isn't typically architecty. Now, the second that riff starts, it's like, yeah, this is massive. Um, and uh, I, yeah, I agree that the other songs have kind of grown in the same way the more and more um, I've listened to it. Um there's some interesting stuff on here as well that uh, recalls some quite specific vibes for me. The track Giving Blood, um, uh, I love the production on it. It sounds so rich and huge. It's got a little bit of like a faint by Linkin Park slash thrown by Bring Me The Horizon vibe to it. That kind of pacey, um, high tempo kind of electronic tinged riff lying under it. Um, oh, I was just going to say that uh, the throne thing oh. came up for me quite a lot, actually. Um, there was another song, Little Wonder, the one with Mike Kerr on it, in the chorus that kind of reminded me of Throne as well. There's quite a few. When I think I really agree with you guys about how the record, your perception of the record changes over time. When we first got it, I was like, wow, it's kind of really bring me just because of the electronics. But now to me, when I listen to it, I think, wow, it sounds really architects. But yeah, yeah that, that Throne thing really kind of stood out for me a couple of times. So I think that the EDM kind of thing I was talking about earlier is a massive part of this um album as well I, I love it when bands use electronic music in a way that doesn't kind of overwhelm the fundamentals of what they're doing but kind of really brings out uh some of the wider scope of it more it's something that bring me the horizon have become absolute experts at over their last few albums and i think architects do a really good job on that here as well um i love an ordinary extinction it's got that kind of throbbing edm baseline uh lying under it and then it morphs into this kind of gajura-esque chug mixed with clattering drums. Um, and I just love it. And Elle's waving at me excitedly. So I think she might agree. <laughs> I knew that you would love this song. And you know why? It kind of reminds me of a Marvel movie. It's sort of this <laughs> kind of like, sounds like gearing up for battle or something. It sounds like really epic. And I just thought Merlin is going to love that one. That's weird because I thought that song sounded like a kind of metal chord up um klaxons or lcd sound system do you know what i mean like i mean you'll probably like both pull turn your nose up at that but i mean i don't like the klaxons but i really love lcd i, I, I quite like that kind of indie dance thing and um and i was like that's like one of those bands being really heavied up it's almost got that sort of hivesy rock and roll disco beat underneath it yeah i know what you mean that's kind of what i meant when i kind of it kind of it has that kind of that ed that kind of weird kind of pulsy bassline under it and mm. then it kind of kicks into those kind of like that's what i meant by those kind of clattering drums rolling off each other and it kind of gets really bouncy and stuff i know exactly what you mean um i mean anything that's compared to a marvel movie is fine with me obviously um so yeah that sounds great um uh, we're kind of jumping around here as well but i mean dead butterflies is absolutely stunning like it sounds like a song that needs to be played live with the biggest most wonderful orchestra possible in the biggest venue they can find. It just sounds absolutely huge. Um, what do we make of the guest spots on this record? Should we start with Winston? Because that's kind of the more obvious one, I guess, for want of a better term. Yeah, 
I mean, that's one of the heavier songs on the record, isn't it? Yeah, Impermanence. Um, I would say Impermanence. And I think what's cool about it, and this is, you know, again, something which I think architects are really good at, is the dynamics to have Sam, for it to be a really heavy song, and for Sam to come out with almost like a super sugary, sweet pop chorus, but for about 10 seconds, and it's there and it's gone, and it's like, it lifts, like, it just makes those riffs sound even heavier. And then when Winston comes in, it's even heavier. So I think, like, one thing I really like about this record, um, and probably why I think it's, as well, why I think it's better than, what well, I, I personally would say it's better, a better record than Holy Hell, is I feel like, you know, those dynamics come at you thick and fast more often. And they, it's not just like heavy bit, melodic bit, heavy bit, melodic bit, or melodic for a long time and then really super heavy. It's heavy and then super, super poppy and then super, even heavier and then back to, and like, you know, if it was, um, I'd be interested to see the sound file of this record. You know what I mean? Because I feel like it would go wildly all over the place because there's, you know, very, very slight quiet moments and then incredibly bombastic, not even necessarily heavy moments, but just incredibly bombastic moments. And when Winston comes in, it is, it's proper like the hairs on the back of your hand standing up. Like he sounds so fucking pissed off. And when you've just had that really like lovely pop, like I'm not, I'm going to say it, pop chorus from Sam. It sounds fucking brutal coming in off the back of that. This is my favourite guest spot. I mean, I think Winston's great anyway, but I just love the heaviness of it and I love the, everything you said, like the way that he comes in and just screams. It really just kind of makes you like, it just gives you that feeling. It's like that live feeling as well, where you just think, oh, you've kind of just been hit in the chest by it. Um, and yeah. it's, it's a really kind of Winston-y lyric as well. It's, it's, it's an architect's times Winston lyric. If we're afraid to die, we'll never truly live. And yeah, kind of like I was saying earlier, with them being peers, they've kind of got this dimension to them that's an activist as well as a rock star as well, which is really interesting about this generation of musicians, really. But yeah, just that heaviness of Winston coming in just makes me go, like, just makes me want to sort of punch the air or something. It just gets you, like, going. I hope they do it together at some point. Mm. I'm sure that'll have to happen at some point. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting when you talk about that lyric about uh, dying, because there's a lot of it's fascinating to read into the architect's lyrics over the last few albums because obviously the um you know the situation with tom was so uh awful and influenced so much of what came immediately after um and there's a few of those kind of sentiments written across some of their recent material obviously our death is not defeat at the start of holy hell um, and on this record the final track is called dying is absolutely safe which is a very emotional uh, song which we'll probably get into in a second as well but it's it's definitely interesting to see the kind of lyrical stance that's going on across this album because again it shows a very clear evolution in in thinking and their emotional uh situation um and the, you know they're one of those bands that i i find it impossible not to get drawn into what they're actually singing about because as, as well as all the political stuff and the, uh, the stuff to do with the environment which which looms very large over tracks like animals um, there's this also just kind of fundamental existentialism going on, um, which is really fascinating to hear as well, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. And that existentialism, it's just all over it. There's just so much about being human, the effects of nature, the effects of us on nature. And there is just 
small things as well, like there's recurring words. There's a lot of words and vocabulary that they use, which is very architecty to me, which you kind of, you just pick up little snatches and you're like, oh yeah, that's really them. And they just say bones like loads of times as well. And you can't get more fundamental when it comes to being human or when it comes to talking about a relationship with nature than literally our actual bones. There's There are quite a few things like that, which um, they just kind of jump out really. That's a really, really good point with bones. Cause yeah, that was on the, the last album as well. Um, so yeah, we talked about Winston's uh, little turn. What do we think of uh, Mike Kerr, he of Royal Bloods fame? So this is the first of two guest spots, which are maybe maybe slightly surprising, slightly outside the obvious remit of what you would expect on an Architects album. Um, I I don't know because I mean they're both Brighton bands, aren't they? True, true. So I know they can't. I know that Sam grew up in the same like little village area as Mike, apparently. So both two bands who've from gone on to do massive things from like a very small area um very fair point uh so i'm not like super duper surprised i mean royal blood I, I, i'm I, I don't really listen to royal blood to, to be honest i'm I, obviously they were back kind of six seven years ago they had that number one album and they were playing the brits and stuff and they were like looked like they were gonna be a really really big deal um they're absolutely perfectly fine i mean i have to say um, if I was to get into criticisms of the record, and I don't have that many, but, you know, I gave it an eight in the magazine, so it's obviously not a perfect album, but it's a very good one. It's quite long. Um, it's nearly an hour long, which for a kind of essentially a metalcore album, I think is quite a, quite a healthy chunk of time. Um, I think ideally these sort of albums, I would probably look to do kind of between 40 and 45 minutes. So for me, um, there's a little bit, with um little wonder and flight without feathers for me seems like a slight drop i think the first half of the record to me is a a more melodic version of architects doing something that they're very good at and then for me there's a slight drop which then is lifted completely i mean as soon as you know as soon as animals comes in i think the second half of the record is fucking outstanding but I think there is a little drop, and I think the Mike Kerr track for me is one of the two that is a, is slightly where I think like I might have trimmed that off the album myself. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean with the kind of the flow of the album and the and the, how it just dips that little bit just for a couple of tracks in the middle. I agree actually, because even looking at my notes now, um, I've not really made any specific notes on Flight Without Feathers or Little Wonder. Whereas everything after that, I've got all these notes on because I think there's a lot more interesting and just good stuff on there. Um, obviously we mentioned animals it's already feels like an all-time great architect single um i think al said that your fa- you said al that your favorite uh, guest spot was winston which i think is fucking great i think mine actually is simon neil on goliath um and i might be a little bit biased towards it because i love that last biffy album so much and i don't think it's a, necessarily a coincidence that it it did su- it was such a big deal when it came out and simon neil's been uh, guest spotting all over the place since then um, <laughs> but it's it's a really cool it's really cool to see an artist like this on on architect's album because he's such a uh vital part of the british music scene over the last kind of 15 20 years um and i love him on here i love his highs i think his clean vocals like sound different enough from sam's to add a different dimension and then when simon goes into those screams near the end it actually kind of shocked me a little bit out of what i was doing because at first i just assumed it was sam just because that's what you expect. 
Um, and then when I realised it was Simon, it was just like, oh my God, I haven't heard Simon kind of give this. I mean, there's a tiny, tiny bit of this stuff on the Biffy, the last Biffy album, but not not like this visceral. Um, and to hear him kind of go down that road was just really nice. And I think it works as a really good dynamic. What did you guys think of this track? I think it's my second favourite song on the record. Um, I think Simon Neil is... <laughs> not only the best guest vocalist on the album, I think he's the best vocalist on the album, to be honest. I think his performance on this song, he sounds like he's absolutely tearing his throat to shreds. And it's fucking great. I mean, as a, you know, not a super hardcore Billy, um, Billy Talent, um, Biffy Clyro fan. <laughs> I'm not a hardcore Billy Talent fan either, but as I'm not like a mad, mad, you know, some people go like Black and Sky and they are obsessed with the early Billy uh, Biffy records. Um, I'm not quite like that, although I do like, you know, um, Infinity Land particularly, like I, I really like, and there's some very abrasive material on that. So anytime you hear Simon Neil doing that scream, I'm well into. And I think that kind of, it's got a riff that sounds like Stranded by Gajira, uh, it goes all over the place. I think Goliath is one of the ones where you go, this new version of Architects, that's the direction you want to be going in. Like the next album, I want 12 of them personally. Because <laughs> it's fucking brilliant, that song. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And Thunder's incredible on it as well. I am one of those people that was obsessed with Biffy Clyro and went to all the gigs and had all the early albums and might have hung around outside venues to meet them when I was younger. And I think Simon's guest spot on this is really cool. Um, yeah, I, I guess I picked the Winston one as my favourite because it's so instantaneous. And um, I am somebody that just genuinely likes instantaneous things like that. It's kind of short and sharp. But yeah, I agree. Like, he's really good on this. Um, it's a cool song. And yeah, I'm not that into the Mike verse stuff i think it's fine but I, for me it doesn't add loads to it it's just kind of yeah that's the thing that's fair um there's again yeah, some more interesting stuff towards the, the end of the album i really like demigod i like sam's kind of unusual uh, ethereal kind of high pitch vocals going on here more strings and all that kind of stuff coming back into it as well demigod is for me comfortably the best song on the record Oh, that's Absolutely a comfortably the best song on the record. And again, when I go like I want twelve of them. I think, I mean, demigod to me. There's bits of you know all the stuff we've been talking about when you talk about Bring Me the Horizon and Linkin Park and other metalcore bands and that Gajira chug. Demigod sounds like. Do you remember? The, you probably know this song. Our Emotion Sickness by Silverchair. The first track on their third album, Neon Ballroom, from 1999. Yes, I love that song. It was a very good song. I sang it then. I just decided not to embarrass myself. Yeah, but it's got this incredible piano part on it. And it's got this, these kind of swooping strings. And that song, I think, is where you, you look at architects and you go, you could, if you really honed in on that i mean the last uh, for me the last four songs the three of the last four songs so De goliath demigod and then dying is absolutely safe to be honest for me again those three songs are so good that meteor meteor's fine in the middle of them but i i, I think you could, again meteor would be the other one that i reckon you could probably lose meteor because i think those last three are so different and so strong i was um, shaking her head here. no you're not getting rid of meteor you can fuck right off steve 
What's that one? <laughs> I do, I do like Demigod. I think um, the strings on the opener are amazing, and then there's a real sense of openness about it, which is really nice. Um, and Meteor is a safer track for sure, and they've mm-hmm. released that as a single, um, and it is that sort of more arenary rock thing. Um, but I just, I think Meteor is really solid, so you can't get rid of it. Sorry. I think solid in amongst three pieces of like three. It's it's a seven amongst three tens. I would say meteor. I don't know. I mean, I obviously I, I do just kind of like that more immediate stuff, probably more than you do. So I just wouldn't get rid of it. That's all I'm saying. Wow. If it was in the first half of the record, maybe I wouldn't feel so much like that. But I think you're sticking in like uh, a fairly rudimentary sounding architect song in amongst some stuff that they haven't really done before i mean you know I th- again particularly coming off the back of demigod which reminds me more of nine inch nails well yeah it reminds me more of nine inch nails and it does anything kind of metalcore in any way whatsoever and then you've got dying is absolutely safe at the end which i think is probably the softest the most kind of slight sounding melodic song they've ever put their name to would you say I mean, uh, there's obviously a lot of <clears throat> melodic stuff on uh, the hereafter, especially, but yeah. sorry, the, the here and now, the here and now. Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, yeah, it, Dying is Absolutely Safe is a wonderful song, like kind of build of that kind of acoustic into the kind of piano segment. Again, all these swelling strings just building up to this really emotional climax. I think Sam's vocals are wonderful on this song as well. Um, they, 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 no, they, have become quite adept at rolling with the emotional gut punches architects. And for me, this is one of the biggest ones they've dropped and it really kind of stays with you this song. Um, and yeah, I think I agree with, I mean, well, what, what both of you said in different ways, really like, you know, maybe not every track on here is necessarily like a 10 out of 10 all time great architect song, but uh, it's a fucking great album and you just can't help, but just applaud the kind of sheer scope of vision that this band now have you know they're nine albums in and when you look at what other bands were doing nine albums into their career i mean i think metallica that was like death magnetic or something wasn't it like <laughs> like like th- to think that this band are now at that point in their career and they're coming out with stuff which is not just as interesting but more interesting more layered um, more to kind of dig through and explore and 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 vibe with than anything they've done before is quite astonishing um do you think that this is the album? I mean, we know that kind of emotionally and for where they're at, this is the album that they needed to make. Do you think this is the album that will propel them forwards? Because I feel like it's a bit of an unknown glass ceiling for a band like Architects. Do you know what I mean? Like you just don't really know. What we, there's no real kind of, unless you count someone like Bring Me, there's no real measuring stick for a band like them. Um, do you think this can take them forward and upwards from where they are now? Yeah, I think, like, for me, I think Bring Me the Horizon is the perfect sort of example of what you can do. I mean, for me, um, Bring Me the Horizon, like, Bring Me the one thing about, like, you know, I've not always been totally positive about Bring Me the Horizon on this podcast. And, you know, there's parts of their career that I really like. I absolutely love Semper Eternal. I think it's fucking brilliant. Um, and, but that, and they have a very clear identity. What they also have is quite a bit like ollie sykes is a i mean he's, he, i was gonna say a big character he's not even necessarily a big character but he's someone who is 
very, very recognisable and people have gravitated to. The guys in Architects are far more normal, down-to-earth guys. I don't think Architects have the same pull as, you know, pop musicians with a, you know, like, I, I don't see someone like Sam Carter being part of the inspiring a, you know the same sort of cult-like thing that ollie sykes does i don't really sure. that, to be honest and sure. i think that's to their credit really and the i mean you know when we've spoken about ammo on this show a bunch of times as well i mean there's a lot of stuff going on, on this album but it's far more cohesive and it's far more um linear than ammo was for example which i thought could be great and could be terrible ultimately as an album like a bit of a mess but it was about kind of bring me sort of about more than that aren't they they're about that they became the band they the way they look the way they present themselves all those things are, are are really important and they're important to any band but i think architects i i don't see architects going down that particular road and you can overcome that i think it's definitely possible to overcome that um in metalcore, I think it's very difficult. I, I don't really even know if this is a metalcore album. I mean, well, it is, but it's a certainly a lot more than just a sort of standard metalcore album. And I do, I wonder about the fans of this type of thing. But what I would say is, is that, like we said earlier, th this is the first go at doing this for Architects. If this is their first go at getting together as the, the members of the band now and writing material in this vein and they've come up with i mean like i say the second half of the album has got some probably some of the strongest material they've ever written in their career something like demigod goliath dies absolutely safe that can go toe to toe with anything they've ever done in their entire back catalogue right now if they write an entire album that progresses on those ideas on the next album i think it, people will stop thinking about them as a band like bring me the horizon and maybe start thinking them more as a band like, I don't know, oh, Radiohead or something. Do you know what I mean? Like something who you go, well, you're not even part of that anymore. And I hope, I like me personally, I hope that happens. So if it doesn't happen now, and it doesn't happen on this album, I think this album will do very, they'll do very well on this record. But I think it's when the next album comes along, you might see an entirely different shift. And I hope, and, and I, I trust Architects to shift their, fan to a fan base that are far more um i don't want to shit on the bring me horizon fan base or like new bring me the horizon fans or whatever but i think you're more likely to get fair weather bring me the horizon fans than you would do if architects continue down the route that i would like to see them travel down do you know what i mean yeah i was just thinking you mentioned radiohead but i was just thinking of biffy Clyro because we were just talking about them so much and they're one of these bands that started out as a sort of scrappier rock band and then grew into this mainstream rock band that headlined mainstream festivals and you kind of look back and you're like how did that happen and I see that sort of path more than I perhaps see a bring me path in a sense because their fans tend to I don't want to say age down because it's not really accurate but they tend to bring their fans with them the diehards will always stick with them you'll get some fair weather ones that kind of come in and out of it and then when they release new stuff they are really good at capturing the zeitgeist with their merch and their music and they tend to then kind of pick up younger fans with them and bring them along with the rest of it so they sort of fit into all sort of different boxes depending on what material they've got and um but with architects like you said steve i sort of see the sound growing into this kind of 
bigger, rockier place, which to me would fit along with the trajectory of someone like Biffy Clyro more closely. Um, and along with like not having the same kind of image, you know, the architect's image is kind of softer. I don't know if it's the right word, but you get people that are like, I want to look like Ollie Sykes or they want the whole package of it. Whereas architects, it is kind of more about the music um, and then the visuals that go with that sort of a secondary to it and kind of accompany it when they play shows that that's kind of, you know, the visuals sort of help the music along rather than driving it or rather than being super, super theatrical. So, yeah, I kind of seen them more going towards that mainstream rock direction rather than the metalcore direction. I definitely think, um, and yeah, given that Simon's on the album, I definitely do think that Biffy is a, an, a potentially interesting comparison. You know, bands come from the alternative scene, the heavy scene, grown into something that's still really credible and interesting. I mean, you know, I don't know if Biffy have ever done anything that is as kind of vast as what um, architects are doing on some of this some of this uh, record but there's a lot of different avenues they can go down isn't there and and i think you're both right it's easy to kind of go well this band got big and they're from britain or they're kind of metalcore or whatever so that's where that's the comparison we should make but there's a lot of different ways in which bands can establish a legacy and i mean architects and nine albums and they've established a legacy but i think there's um i'm fascinated to see what this album cycle does for them because i think the goodwill around this band is as high as there is around any band in the world. And um, I think the Royal Albert Hall show built on that. And I think this album, the, the singles of this seem to have built on that. And, um, you know, I'm just fascinated to see what happens for them next. But it's a great fucking album. Uh, and it is out this Friday. So make sure you give it a listen and support an excellent, still very young British band. And oh, uh, Hill has something else to say. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I think the, the other thing that is probably worth taking into consideration, obviously this is my opinion and a taste thing or whatever, but, you know, modern metalcore, I mean, I think it's quite telling that really the only bands from that scene that we've even mentioned are Bring Me The Rise, and they're probably not really that anymore, and Parkway Drive, two bands who have really kind of moved so far away from that. And, I mean, I think you, you kind of need to credit architects who are, you know, are from that scene and have a lot of bands and fans of that genre following them. I think, I think it's a very creatively desolate genre, that genre, as has been proven by the fact that, you know, the second doomsday came out, every single one of those bands decided to totally copy it. It is a really, really generic, boring, like for me, creatively dead genre. And for a band, and so I like the fact that Architects sort of still exists in it because every genre deserves to have, no genre is just rubbish. Do you know what I mean? Like every genre deserves to have a band who are, you know, the standout bands from it. And I'm really glad that Architects are considered and are behaving like one of the standout bands from it because the alternative, like fucking Amity Affliction and stuff like that, it can get so deep into the sea. It's unreal like it's just and it, you know like this proves that you can do something different with 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 anything if you've got enough imagination yeah definitely agree with that i just wanted to say that i really love the fact that they said that before tom passed away he kind of wanted to nail this sound that he sort of jokingly termed bio-industrial and i just really love that sound 
um, obviously exemplified by animals, but in other stuff, you know, like you mentioned, Steve, about um, demigod and things like, you know, even dead butterflies, that sort of slowed down, like, I want to say doom, but I don't mean doom metal, just a mood. Um, and that really kind of like crunching, driving, but slowed down kind of thing. I just love that sound. And, you know, all that stuff I said about them, maybe mirroring Biffy Clyro. Um, I also hope they kind of keep some of that um, heavy experimental stuff where they're sort of drawing on heavier subgenres and like twisting them into new shapes because I just love that sound so much. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. And I think it will go down as an all time uh, architect classic. Uh, the album, for those that wish to exist, is out this friday uh go listen to it stream it buy merch support the band um and uh yeah just a band that we're lucky to have and i'm glad that we have them around to put out fucking bangers like this uh also out this friday is the new album from epica and i'll be interviewing them for next week's podcast tune in for that uh, but in the meantime, oh, and I should say as well, if you want to read more about the new Architects album and you want some real insight into what it's all about, you should pick up the latest issue of Melham that's out right now because Mr. Stephen Hill did an excellent interview with the band, uh, Sam specifically, which uh, really delves in to some of the things going on on that record. Uh, and I think you will be able to imminently read Steve's uh, very fine review for the magazine as well because we're going to put it online you all to see so if this 45 odd minutes of architects isn't enough for you we've got plenty more out there for you to get stuck into uh as i say next week we'll be interviewing epica about their new album and what they've been up to uh, but in the meantime stay safe out there look after yourselves and we'll see you all very soon cheers and goodbye everybody goodbye bye, bye.